When planning the road to success, there are a few steps to keep in mind. Identifying and solving the cause, facing and embracing change, goal setting, and being accountable. We'll talk about this today on Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. New and healthier habits lead to prosperity in all areas of your life and business. Now, here's your host, Chris Salem. Well, welcome, everybody. Hope everyone's having a great week, the Sustainable Success way. We encourage everyone who is new to uh, Sustainable Success, again, to uh, follow us here at the Voice America Influencers Channel, also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and our Facebook page at Sustainable Success 2017. We'd love to hear from you, get to know you, what's important to you, and how this show and our other resources can help move your business and your personal success forward. Again, check us out also on Facebook at Sustainable Success 2017. Well, everyone's having a great week. I can smell spring in the air. It's starting to get a little bit warmer. Uh, as you know, our, I'm ba- we're based here in the New York area, so anything could happen, right? So uh, hopefully, uh, you know, spring will just be around the corner here and we can get into some nicer weather. But if you're already in nice weather, great. But either way, we're moving forward in our businesses, and that's all that counts. Today's show is being brought to you today by uh, Alumni Direct. They are a new social media platform dedicated to bringing alumni together from all uh, generation types, an opportunity to rekindle old relationships and perhaps meet new people you've met before. It takes all the noise out of, of social media with all those notifications. You get to come in when you decide to come in. And you can authentically connect with people and share content of interest. It's also a great opportunity to perhaps land your next job opportunity and perhaps maybe a future business partner in a business. Again, check them out at alumnidirect.com. That's alumnidirect.com. Well, we got a great show for you today, and we're going to be talking about a topic that I can really relate to because I'm actually in that area. And, uh, and we're going to be talking about yours, mine, and ours, estate planning for blended families. And I can tell you the gentleman that we're going to bring on, he is phenomenal. And you're going to get a lot of great insight today in this particular area. So for those that are listening or will be coming in at some point at any duration during the show, take notes. And you can listen to this show in its entirety here later today at the Voice American Influencer Channel and also and our other areas of uh, Apple Podcast, uh, Spotify, and of course, our Facebook Sustainable Success 2017 page, where you can listen to this show. And our guest today is going to be Paul Hood. And before I introduce him, let me give you a little background about Paul. He's an author, speaker, and consultant on tax, estate, and charitable planning. He's also is a vice president with Thompson & Associates, a charitable estate planning firm. He is a native of Louisiana. He has a double LSU Tiger. Paul obtained his undergraduate law degrees from LSU and an LLM in taxation from Georgetown University Law Center before settling down to practice tax and estate planning law in the New Orleans area. Uh, Paul has taught at the University of New Orleans, Northeastern University, the University of Toledo College of Law, and Ohio Northern University, uh, Petit, uh, if I say that right, Petit College of Law. Paul has authored and co-authored nine books and over 500 professional articles on estate, charitable, and tax planning and business valuation. His ninth book, Yours, Mine, Ours, Estate Planning for People in Blended or Step Families, which we're talking about today, 
is out now. And you're going to be able to get some information and where you can get your hands on that book here later today. And then also you can check out Paul's website at paulhoodservices.com. So you're going to get a lot of great information here today from Paul Hood. And without further ado, we welcome Paul Hood to the show. Paul, how are you doing today? I'm fine, Chris. Glad to be with you and your and your listeners today. I'm so happy to have you. You know, you you are just a wealth of information. And, you know, when it comes to estate planning, you know, just, you know, maybe before we get into the blended families, because a lot of times the people could look at that and say, wow, that's going to get complicated here. Let's just talk a little bit about estate planning in general and why that is so important, you know, when, you know, if people have a family and that they're looking to create, obviously, a legacy for their children, grandchildren, and so on. Well, probably the best advice that I've ever given to anybody about estate planning, Chris, is is this. Your estate planning decisions are going to impact the relationships of your survivors. And those impacts can be positive or negative. And um, too often, people make estate planning decisions without giving the beneficiaries or legatees, if, if they have a will, any input or notice. And then when they die, um, you have problems. And it's often because some, what someone got or how they got it didn't meet their expectations. And the problem was nobody set their expectations properly yeah. at the beginning. So, Yeah. Wow. And, and it's one of those things that a lot of times, like you said, when you can be proactive, you know, instead of reactive, what, do, what are some of the things like, you know, people are just hearing this for the first time, like point out some of the things that, that people should be looking out for when it comes to this particular area. And then we, then we, I like to get into the blended family concept. Oh yeah. Well, you know, um, I'm a, I love quote books, Chris. I, I don't, you know, I carry around a small book of Winston Churchill quotes, who is one of the most quotable people ever. Um, but one of my favorite quotes about estate planning is from Mark Twain. And Mark Twain said, you never really know someone until you share an inheritance with them. And he was right. Yeah. He was right. So um, to that end, um, people, you need to understand that um, uh, many Many recipients of estates view what they got as the final love report card. And the more they got meant the more they were loved. And that's not always, in fact, it's often not at all what the decedent uh, intended. But because the decedent didn't tell them, you know, they go immediately to what I call the parade of horribles. Yeah. Like mom and dad didn't love me as much. And, uh, you know, it, and then they get in, you know, they start squabbling 
And then it's a fight, you know, oh, because the principal is more important than the principal. Uh, and uh, if things get lost in the translation, families get 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 severed forever. Um, and and it's it's all avoidable. Uh, and it's a shame every time it happens. Yeah. Yeah, it is true. No question about it. You know, and it's again, it's just again, we we're not thinking ahead. And you know, people sometimes we learn the hard way and, and so on. And and like it's like with anything in life, right? You know, we we you know, in business, in our relationships, and and so on. Sometimes we this is how we learn to grow, which you know, then takes us to where you know what you wrote your book on and what we're gonna, you know, really get into the thick of things here is now looking at estate planning, but from a place of what if somebody's divorced and now remarried and now we have blended families, we have a step family. Boy, that could really get complicated <laughs> or at least it appears to be, it could be complicated. So I love, we'd love to hear from you on that. Well, to be honest with you, it is complicated. <laughs> and, and the principal reason why I wrote this book and why I have devoted much of the past 25, uh, over 25 years studying estate planning for blended families is because the blended family client was always my most challenging client. One, uh, there's a, a, another book, there's only two books on this subject for the lay audience uh, that are available. And obviously, the other book, you know, you'd say, well, Paul, that's a competitor's book. Yeah, it is. Uh, Richard Barnes wrote uh, the NOLO Press, Estate Planning for Blended Family. Now, Richard's book, in fairness, is more about general estate planning with some nuances of blended families mixed in. But Richard said something worth repeating. And he said that estate planning is difficult for blended families because it involves relationships squared. Mm -hmm. And he's right. Um, people who have a blended family, and what I mean by blended family or a step family, is a, is a couple who are married, okay, or, or maybe they're not married, okay, uh, but they're together, and they have kids, at least one of them has kids, that don't belong to the other partner. And that is really, but you say, well, you know, all blended families are the same, right? No. Uh, in fact, in my book, I describe six forms of blended families. Now, many of wow, them, wow. you know, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm 61 years old and I was a kid, uh, you know, a, a, an early teenager when the television show, The Brady Bunch, came on. I remember that. Kind of, I, I was just, I was a little, little kid at that time. Well, I was well, like three well, or well, four. But I, I'm older than you. And, and yes. But, but the point is yeah. that most of America had no knowledge of what a blended family was yeah. until The Brady Bunch. Because before that, you had Ozzy and Harriet, and you had Leave it to Beaver. Okay? Yeah, yeah. But, but... When the Brady Bunch, when Mike and Carol get together and Mike's got three boys and Carol's got three girls and they join together, the Brady Bunch is one of the six categories. 
You know, the other categories include, in fact, the name of the book is yours, mine, and ours. And it's named that because that's another one of the categories where you get in a relationship with someone and you each have kids from a prior relationship. And then the two of you create at least one child. And that child is the ours. Okay. You got yours, you know, we've got mine, mine. and we've got ours. Okay. But, but another common form is what I call the empty nesters. The couple that gets together in their 60s or, or early 70s, you know, they may be divorced or widowed, and, and they get together and get married. Quite often, both of them have grown kids who meet each other at the wedding. And so the dynamics of each of these six groups, and I haven't even gone into the other three, but you can't treat a, all blended families the same because, and I've only identified and discussed six common forms, and they're not, that's not the only forms that there are. So it's, it's a very, very complex subject. And, 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 and like I said, when I was dealing with a, a really naughty problem, I went looking, you know, I was like, you know, sure, surely somebody smarter than me has written about this. And even professionally, Chris, in the, in the continuing education uh, books, there's nothing. Yeah. Just wow. So there's no guidance. And, and, and to make matters worse, since the 2010 census, and this was repeated in the 2020 census, the most common form of family in the United States today is the blended family. And it's so true. And you know what, you know what shocks me, Paul, is that, you know, the fact that there's a lack of, of information in this area, you know, now you've brought, you brought this to the forefront and you talked about the Brady Bunch, right? The Brady Bunch was what? Late 60s, 69, 70, around that time, 71. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're talking, we're talking 50, over 50 years. And, and it's amazing. Like you would think that, and wow. Cause that's when blended families obviously, you know, slowly started to develop. Like people got divorced, they got remarried and, you know, through the 70s, 80s, 90s, and, and throughout the 2000 and t- decades. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's a, it, it's a, um, you know, it, years ago, you know, the whole concept of, of uh, a couple that didn't share the kids was kind of viewed by society as, you know, dirty or, not anything to uh, to emphasize or call attention to, kind of swept to the side, if you will. But I mean, today they're ubiquitous; they're everywhere. Okay, and um, so you know now, you know now what do you, you know now what do you do? You know, I, I, I'm trying to help them, but my case, you mentioned your case. Um, all of a sudden, in 2009, I get remarried, and I've got my own blended family now. Yeah. And, and, and guess what? The issues are just as tough for the estate planner um, who has a blended family as they are for the estate planner who's advising a blended family. Wow. Wow. It's amazing. Uh 
you know, like, uh, you know, all these, these dynamics and, and, and then how you, you know, you brought this to the forefront. What are some of the things like you mentioned that these things can be complicated and, you know, cause you said about yours, ours, or excuse me, yours, mine, ours. What are some of the common things that would make things difficult? And that would, now we have a, about three, three and a half minutes before the break. We could touch it. We could always carry it on after the break, but I just maybe want to get the conversation rolling there. Okay. All right. Well, um, I will tell you that probably the most um, difficult thing for the blended family client is most of them feel that they are being forced in their estate planning to choose between their current partner and their kids. That, and, and that's not always true. But, you know, you're asking me how, and I always probe with, with, with clients to try to figure out what's, what's exactly um, bothering them. What, is, what exactly is keeping them up at night yeah. about their estate plan? And uh, it's that choice that comes up routinely. I mean, time and time again, it's, it's, you know, if I give anything to my kids, I'm denying it to my partner and vice versa. That's amazing. And so much, and there's so many things that go into it. What would be, um, you know, something, I mean, because I want to, you know, when we come back after the break, I really want to dive into some other things. Could you summarize some of the key points here in the next like two minutes or less, like some of the things we talked about, about state planning, blended families, and just to kind of like give people that just to kind of sum it up for them. So it really resonates to what we get shared here in the first segment. Well, yeah, I mean, the big thing um, really is, and the best estate planning I've ever been involved in has been as involved intergenerational communication between the givers and the receivers, okay? Uh, and, and, and that makes some people uncomfortable. But I tell them, look, I said, your decisions are going to impact the relationships of those who survive you. And I said, the more you can tell them and explain to them not only what you're doing, but why you're doing it. I'm telling you that if people do that, and if, if everybody committed to doing that, we would cut a state and trust litigation by probably at minimum of 75%. Wow. That's huge. And, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, communication is so, so important, you know, and so those are the things that you're, you know, that, you know, people should be doing, not waiting, you know, communicating this up front. So. Well, well we either, either that, either that, Chris, or, or write a letter yeah. that they'll get when you die. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, because too many people, you know, yep. they all they have is the will. Yeah. And they don't understand, you know, why the guy did or the lady did. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Paul, we got to we got to go ahead to break. Uh, when we come right back, we got more to come here with Paul Hood. Again, we're talking about uh, a really, really important topic here today. Yours, mine and ours, estate planning for blended families, also step families. 
You're also going to be able to know how you can get your hands on this book. I advise this will be very important to you if this falls in your category, if you come from a, a step family, blended family, or a family in general. We'll be right back after the break. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects. Surrounding yourself with family and loved ones. Nurturing your spirituality. Maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness. And being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about eliminating limited beliefs or unblocking mindset barriers for entrepreneurs, sales professionals, business leaders, and professional athletes to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of resolving the root cause to the problem. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the problem but do not address the root cause to it. You now have the opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consultation calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now... Back to Sustainable Success. Well, welcome back. If you're just joining us, we're talking today about uh, estate planning. We're talking about yours, mine, and ours, estate planning for blended and step families. And this is really, you know, a very interesting. Our, uh, our expert, Paul Hood, is with us today sharing valuable insight how blended families are the norm these days. And many times this is an area that is still overlooked and why Hearing this information is so, so important. So for those that, that are just joining us, we highly encourage you to listen to this show in its entirety here later today on the Voice American Influencers channel to write down a lot of great information that Paul Hood is sharing. So Paul, now that we we're, we're, out, we're talking about planning in general, you know, let's talk about lifetime planning. Like what would that look like and what, why, why would that be important to a family? Well, uh, first of all, Chris, the, um, the area of, of lifetime planning, many people don't realize that when they go to a bank or a financial institution or they buy a piece of real estate, they are doing estate planning sometimes without knowing it. Mm. Because particularly if they buy their real estate with their spouse as a joint tenant, joint tenancy has a right of survivorship built into it. Yep. So when husband and wife buy a piece of real estate, a family home, and the husband dies, the wife becomes the owner of 100% of the, of the property by operation of law, often by simply filing a death certificate in the real estate, uh, for the husband, in the real estate records. In a blended family, though, 
these types of arrangements can be very dangerous because if the husband's will leaves his half of that property by will to his kids, but the property is titled in the names of he and his wife as joint tenants, his will is irrelevant because Mm. joint tenancy overrides his will. It trumps his will. It supplants. That's very interesting because, you know, people have wills. I mean, not everybody has a will, but people have wills, but probably didn't, are probably hearing this, not realizing that. Well, well, and Chris, it's not limited to real estate today. Okay. Wow. They have at, at the bank, you can have a pay on death account where you can go down to the bank and sign a beneficiary form on, on my death, pay my, this account to my wife. Okay. Once again, in the blended family, that can be a big problem. Yeah. On the security side, there's a transfer of death. I mean, there are uniform statutes that many states have. Transfer on death for, for securities, pay on death for financial accounts, and joint tenancy. So all that property is not governed by your will. It is what's called non-probate property. And in fact, today, the bulk of most people's estates, Chris, end up being non-probate property. And you say, well, that's because they're using revocable trusts as, as substitutes for wills. Well, some people are, but I can promise you that the bulk of them are not. They end up with non-probate property because their assets are a life insurance policy, which passes by beneficiary designation a retirement plan or IRA that passes by beneficiary designation, a joint tenant real estate holding, a pay on death account, and a transfer on death securities account. All of those do not pass in your will. Mm. And, uh, and, and, and then when they, set, they go to this trouble of setting up their will, you know, in the blended family, well, I want my kids to get, you know, what I've got. Um, you know, maybe I'll give my surviving spouse an income right for life. But if their property is not titled correctly, their will never becomes of any meaning. Yeah. And all the property gets diverted away from the kids to the, to the step parent. And if you think that doesn't create some ill feelings, I mean, you got another thought coming. <laughs> that is amazing. Like I said, like a, how you could go through all this thing with the will, but then you have other things that you maybe took for granted with the, with the, not that you took it for granted. You thought, you know, you were doing the right thing, but, but obviously there could be a conflict now because everyone, like he says, perceives things in a different way. And then, you know, and then how it affects them. They thought, oh, I thought I was getting this. Now I'm not getting this. And then there's all this resentment and all this, these issues that can arise from that. Exactly. What are some things like, again, that you feel, Paul, kind of like can help to create awareness and, you know, potentially offset these potential issues? Like, because it's not something you see you know, everywhere you go, hey, state planning, you should do that. You know, it's not something in front of you all the time. 
Well, well, that, that you're exactly right, and and I think that, I mean, when, when you go to uh, a notary's office to close on a loan or a, a purchase of a piece of real estate, you know, husband and wife going to buy a new house, all right, and they show up to sign, you know, the bank pay and the, uh, the lender paperwork and everything else. How the whoever uh, is closing the loan or the sale title that property is how it's going to pass. So what I tell people is particularly in the blended family, make sure you are not a joint tenant. Make sure you are a tenant in common. Now I'm using a common law term and I'm a Louisiana lawyer and we don't recognize those terms. And in fact, the civil law, in Louisiana and, and, and in all other civil law jurisdictions in the world, and there are more civil law jurisdictions than there are common law jurisdictions, by the way. Um, and the civil law is probably five to 8,000 years older than the common law. Um, we don't have joint tenancy. We don't recognize it. And, and we don't because it has problems associated with it. But the common law, has, which is the bulk of the law of the United States, recognizes joint tenancy. And like I said, that, that, that theme has extended to pay on death and transfer on death accounts on the financial side. Wow. What, what, what's the, like, in, in terms of when you look at these types of situations, how does, uh, like, life insurance play into all this? Or, or do people even have life insurance or... You know, what, what, do you, what do you usually find in these situations? Actually, Chris, I find life insurance is woefully underutilized in the estate planning and blended family situation. Yeah. And it can come in real handy in either of, of two ways. Okay. The first way, suppose your, um, your client uh, has a family, has a business that he or she developed. And now they've got one or more of their kids working there and they want to, and that, and that is providing the bulk of, of the income for he, for, for the, for the owner and his spouse or her spouse. But the kids are working there and you're like, nah, I don't want to, I don't want to give. Well, first of all, if they, if the, if the owner gave the family business interest at death, to his or her spouse, who is not the parent of the kids working in the business, chances are that the parent or the step-parent is going to fire the kids or the kids are going to quit, okay? Because they don't want to work for their step-parent. Yeah. So you say, well, how, how could I give the business to my kids but also provide some resources or income to my spouse. That's when life insurance can be an absolute savior. Now wow. it's got to be the right kind of. Yeah. Of so can we talk, let's talk about that Paul. Cause I mean, I know there's term life, there's whole life, there's universal life, but there's variations of all that. <laughs> well, 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 there is. And, 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 and what you've got to understand about, about life insurance is um, it, there really are only two kinds of life insurance. 
Chris. Um, believe it or not, there's whole life, which is really you could think of as lifetime level term insurance. Yeah. When you buy a whole life policy, the company agrees, the insurance company agrees that if you pay the premium every year until you die, that coverage will never go away. Mm-hmm. Okay. It will, they will pay a death claim on that whole life contract. Term insurance is the other form. And we know that term insurance is good for a year. And every year you get older, the cost of the premium goes up because your life expectancy decreases. Yeah. Now, once you hit what the insurance companies believe is actuarial life expectancy, which for most men is around 76, and for women, it's like 83, okay? Once you hit that point, the term costs go up exponentially. Now, you say, well, wait a minute. What about, you know, there's universal life, there's variable universal life. That's easy. Think back to 1979, Chris, when I was a a sophomore at LSU. People were getting 15% on CDs at the bank. Okay? That made whole life look like a terrible investment. So the insurance companies facing um, declining sales invented something called universal life and universal life allowed you to take the at risk part of the policy and invest it in interest bearing funds. Okay. Now what happened in 1980? Well, Jimmy Carter lost reelection and Ronald Reagan came in and what did Ronald Reagan, what was he able to do? He got a handle on inflation and interest rates came down and the stock market went up because there's an inverse relationship between the stock market and the interest rate market. Yeah. Now, when that happened, all of a sudden those universal contracts didn't look so good anymore either. And the insurance company said, now what are we going to do? And they said, let's invent variable universal life. And that allowed you to take the at-risk component and invest it in equities. But the dirty little secret about variable and at variable universal and universal is that the insurance component of both is a hundred percent term insurance, a hundred percent of the time. And we know what happens to term costs they go up every single year. So that's why you really have to be careful. And too often people buy insurance and and they want to pay the cheapest premium. And that is usually not advisable. What people don't understand about life insurance companies is their most profitable segment and, and, and one of the, the most profitable uh, explanations for a profitable life insurance company is what's called their lapse rate. And that is where they've taken in premiums 
and the policy has lapsed before they pay a death claim. And I mean, that, I mean that's as good as yeah. it gets for a life insurance company, right? Um, so that's why um, it, it usually is more meaningful if you, if you um, uh, pay a, 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 a safe premium rather than the cheapest one. Wow. That's, that's very interesting to know. Like you're not just shopping on price. You're shopping on, you know, again, what's going to safeguard, you know, your assets and, and give you that peace of mind. And, and then the opportunity to grow uh, depending depending upon what type of uh, plan you have. No, that's great. Well, Paul, we got a couple minutes, less than a couple minutes till the, to the break. Can you summarize a little bit again, the, you know, about lifetime planning, the importance of it and, you know, some, maybe some insights to what, where people can, you know, get some more information, where, where to look for this information. Well, one area of lifetime planning that's often overlooked, Chris, and, 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 and this can trigger actual really ugly results for now, the fastest growing demographic segment of the couples community in the United States, and that's the unmarried blended family couple. Mm. That's the fastest growing demographic segment. And guess what? Those people, they are in desperate need of estate planning. I mean, if I had to put uh, an 85-year-old married couple against an, a 44-year-old unmarried couple and, and decide which plan I was going to prepare first in triage, I do the 44-year-old first. Uh-huh. Because if, if they don't have powers of attorney, health care, and property, and wills, their partner is going to get nothing because they're not legally related by blood or marriage. And on the, on the, on the, uh, uh, particularly like on the healthcare side, yeah. on the healthcare side, it's worse because all of a sudden their partner's incapacitated and they don't have any legal right to talk to the doctor yeah. and the doctors are constrained by the HIPAA laws. Yeah. And if the family of the, of the incapacitated person is, doesn't yeah. like them, they simply freeze them out and, and they were their partner one day and then they're incapacitated and they're out. Wow. Paul, I want to continue where you left off. We got to go to break, but this is some valuable information. Again, this is very important that if this applies to you, again, you can listen to the show in its entirety. And again, this could be great to share with a loved one, to share the link, to have a, give an opportunity to a family member or friend to listen to Paul, give advice in this particular area. This is something not to take lightly. This is why we bring in experts like Paul in to share from experience. Paul's been doing this a long time. He's got a book in this particular area, which you're going to find out more about here later, that where you can get your hands on. We got to go to break, everybody. But when we come right back, we got more to come from Paul Hood. Again, we are talking about yours, mine, ours, estate planning for blended and step families. We'll be right back after the break. What is balance? 
It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now... Back to sustainable success. Well, welcome back. We're here with Paul Hood, uh, who is an expert in the area of estate planning. Uh, we're talking about yours, mine, and ours, estate planning for blended families. Again, our show is being brought to you today by Alumni Direct, a new social media community platform dedicated to bringing together alumni uh, from different generation types to people you went to school with, perhaps meeting new people. And this also carries over to fraternities, sororities, and also businesses that are now no longer in business, but perhaps a way to rekindle those relationships with people you work with down in the past. So with that being said, we are uh, there is some great information that Paul has shared here today. We highly encourage everyone that's just joining us to listen to this show in its entirety here later today at the Voice America Influencers Channel and also on our Facebook page at Sustainable Success. 2017. And then also we could listen on Apple, Spotify, and other different platforms of your choice. So Paul, we we covered a lot. You covered a lot of stuff here about, you know, estate planning for blended families, step families. We talked, you talked about lifetime planning. This is an area that you've also talked about in your book, which we're going to talk about here a little later in this segment. But can you talk about what a testamentary is and why also that's something that people should be looking into when, based on the topic we're talking about today? Well, sure. Um, first of all, um, testamentary is really just a, uh, an offshoot of the word testament, which is a will, okay? All right. Um, and most people don't have a will. Which, the, which everybody should have. But if you don't, you have one anyway. Because every state has laws of intestacy, which tell how your state will be divided if you don't tell them how you wanted it divided yourself in a will. Okay? So people say, well, I don't want to make an estate plan because I'm worried I'll die right after I sign the documents. 
And what I tell them is that's kind of an irrational fear because right now, before you even sign your estate plan, the government has one for you already. It's been in effect ever since the state was in existence. Mm. They have a law of intestacy. And it varies a little bit from state to state, but it's pretty much your kids and your spouse. And then, then if you don't have those further, rel- you know, might be your ascendants like parents, um, uh, collateral relatives like nieces, nephews, aunts, uncles, but they're usually related to you by blood okay, or, or, or adoption. All right. Um, or marriage. The, um, the whole, by dictating how you want things done, it's more than you simply saying where you want things to go and to whom you want things to go and when you want them to get them. It's as important to say who's in charge. Mm. Um, you know, in, in lifetime planning, you know, because it's far more likely that you'll be incapacitated rather than die at any, at any given moment. And if you want proof of that, price life insurance and then price disability insurance. And disability insurance is a lot more expensive. Oh, yeah. Because it's a lot more likely that you'll be disabled and not die. Okay. On in the blended family, it's particularly important that you coordinate who your agents in a property or financial power of attorney or your healthcare power of attorney is and who your executor of your will or who is your successor trustee of your revocable living trust is going to be because those two groups are eventually going to have to work with each other or, or, or in some cases against each other after you die. So that's why the picking the people to run your estate or trust uh, and I'm talking about, like I said, the executor and trustee yep. uh, is, is such an important um, uh, thing to do. So, so that's we, probably one of the you biggest. Said, you, that, that's something that really, let's hone in on that just quickly. And I want to get into the book. The, why, it, it make that decision to pick the executor, you know, what would be the criteria? Like, is it always like the wife, the husband? Is it, is it an adult? Uh, you know, a, a son, adult daughter, could it be, you know, your brother, your sister, what goes into selecting that, that process? What would give, you could get, provide some valuable advice there. Well, in a blended family, I often recommend a disinterested third party. Yeah, I was going to, I make sense. Okay. Um, uh, be, and, and, and sometimes it's only for like major, major decisions. But uh, a disinterested third party, because if you think about it, if you have a step family and you've got a trust and the, the spouse, the, the, the surviving spouse is the income beneficiary and she's trustee, she's going to invest the trust assets to maximize the income, which is going to, as an investment strategy, usually going to hurt growth. Mm. If you put a 
child, a stepchild as trustee, that child is going to invest for growth, which is going to negatively impact the income beneficiary who is the step parent. That's why the, the, a lot of times a blended family trust is best set up for what's called total return. So the trustee is to maximizing the total return of the trust, whether it's appreciation or fiduciary accounting income, traditional income, you know, wages, rents, dividends, interest. Okay. Um, and that's why uh, uh, it, it's, it's good to have that. So both sides of a, of, a, of a step or a blended family have a conflict. So that's why the third party is often, because that's where many of these conflicts arise yeah. is over the investment of the estate or trust. Wow. That's some great information. Again, people take notes, go back and listen to this. Again, this could save you a lot of time, grief, and issues in your family, in this case, a blended family. Paul, let's get into, because we only have so much time in the show, and I want to be able to give some time about, you know, that you're, a lot of things you're sharing are from the book. And so I just wanted to kind of see if you could share a little bit more about the book and, you know, anything else that you would like to reference, you know, about the book. And of course, you know, we want to make sure people get their hands in the book, which, you know, you're going to allow us to let us know where to find it. But if you could shed some more insight uh, that, that could really benefit the, the listeners on yours, mine, and ours, estate planning for blended and step families. Well, probably my favorite chapter in the book, Chris, is the last one. It's, and it's chapter 12, and it's my last words of advice. And, and, and let, me, let me tell you the story about why I wrote that because it started out as an article many years ago. I had a client when I was 36 years old, a financial advisor called me, said, Paul, I got this 93-year-old spinster, never been married, uh, big estate, um, and she hadn't done any estate planning at all. And uh, I'm worried that her nieces, nephews, grandnieces, grandnephews all have designs on her wealth. And she really needs your help. And he said, but the problem is she's, she's, she's homebound and uh, in a wheelchair and you need to go see her. So I was a brand new soul practitioner. And I, I actually liked and preferred going to see people in their homes or offices because they were more comfortable there yeah. going to the lawyer's office. This lady lived about 60 miles outside of New Orleans in an antebellum home. And I drive up and this house probably has 17 bedrooms. And uh, I'm greeted at the door by somebody that works there. And they escort me into the parlor. And I'm waiting for her. And about 10 minutes later, the 20-foot double door opens. And there are two people wheeling her in, one person wheeling her and one person with her. And I'm like, I got this. I'm good with elderly ladies, particularly elderly Southern ladies. Well, I was not ready for Hattie Lee Higginbotham of the Virginia Lees. 
first word out of her mouth, Chris, was, Sonny boy, before you tell me how smart you are, I want you to know that I don't have much time left. So therefore, Sonny boy, we don't have any time to waste. So I need your last best advice. And what I mean by that, Sonny boy, is your advice that you'd consider so compelling, so important, so vital, that you would give it to me on your deathbed. What's your last best advice, Sonny boy? Because we'll start there and work backward. Mm. Now, Chris, I was not ready for that introduction. Wow. And I was momentarily silenced. And I start rifling through my head about, you know, what could I possibly say that was profound enough, you know, because I know yeah. – I know that if I don't say the right thing, I might get escorted out of that house. (laughs) And what I told her was, and I stumbled around getting there, but I told her what I told you at the very beginning of this program, which was your estate planning decisions are going to impact the relationships of those who survive you. That's true. And, 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 And in the end, Chris... I, I give in about 2,000 words what I consider to be the most important advice, not just in blended family estate planning, yep. but in estate planning in general. In general. Paul, with that said, we're, we're near the end of the show, and I would love to see, I would love people to read what you just shared, and they could actually read that in your book. Can you share with the audience here in the next, we got about a, just over a minute, where they can get in contact with you well, and, and information on how to get their hands on the book? Well, the book's available at all major booksellers, uh, Amazon. Um, there are links to buy the book at uh, 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 on uh, my website, paulhoodservices.com. Uh, my email is paul at paulhoodservices.com. And I get emails from all over the world, and and, I, and I'm pretty good about answering them. Uh, usually the same day. Um, so uh, uh, you know, you can go there. There there are resources on my website that people may want to read, um, including in the re, in the articles section an article called "32 Core Principles." That's basically when I when I made that yep. sentence to Hattie Lee. Yep. It became 32 core principles on one page that's on my LinkedIn page as well. Wow. Well, we highly encourage everyone listening or those that you'll be sharing this show with for people that where this can make a difference, where you know this can help them. Not only listen to the show, but go out and get that book on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Reach out to Paul on his website. You can buy the book from there as well. And I can tell you right now, Paul is accessible. I send Paul an email. He replies. He, he's that type, reach out to him, take advantage of them. This is critical information. Paul, thank you so much for being here today. We can't thank you enough taking time out of your busy schedule to be here with us today. Chris, it was my pleasure, and I always enjoy being with you. And anytime you want me, just let me know. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And listeners, we want to thank you each and every week joining us here the Sustainable Success Way. Again, we are committed each week to bringing in experts like Paul to serve you and your personal success, including most important, your business as well, to the next level. 
Till then, have a great rest of your week, and we'll see you next Thursday. Thank you for tuning in to Sustainable Success. Be sure to join Chris Salem and his guests every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Have an incredible week.